Welcome back, everybody, to the Full Tank Motorcycle Podcast. It's Rob from Motorbob and Tim. How's it going, Tim? I'm good, mate. How are you? Not too bad. A little bit chilly. I just got back from riding the Moto Marini. I've got it on loan at the moment. The 6.5 or same mezzo. So yeah, a little blast down to Cheddar Gorge, which is where we went uh, on the Commando a couple of weeks back. And uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, but yeah, it's still fresh at the moment isn't it <laughs> just a bit yeah it's probably even colder where you are actually than me but it is pretty chilly here yeah. yeah and the other side of it as well is like it's still as with that route as you experienced you know very mixed in terms of riding conditions there are bits of the road that are in the sun bits that are in the shade bits that get you know mud washed onto them and gravel and yeah. so it was quite sketchy but i would say of all the bikes you want to do it on firstly quite modest on power the moto marini yeah. uh, 60 horsepower <laughs> peak um yeah. but also it's got a bit of a scrambler vibe to it so um pirelli mt60 tires you know the flat track style tires yes yeah um so they're good on on that sort of uh, sort of like semi gravelly surface and then it's got proper high handlebars as well i didn't quite appreciate it until they arrived um they, they're they're pretty Higher much like than, a, say like the scrambler like the ducati scrambler or so similar that to that similar. you know there are there are a few motorcycles that have distinctive handlebar positions certainly yeah. the triumph yeah. Speedmaster, which is like um i think i always say it's like a, a shopping trolley <laughs> like if you're holding <laughs> the sides yeah. um the ducati scrambler scrambler. i've always likened it to like a bmx it's that kind of yeah. high and, and upright yeah but without the cross brace, they just kind of yes, swoop yeah. up. Uh, and it is very, very, very similar to the to the Icon. I don't think I've seen many bikes like that. And it had me thinking when I was reviewing it, I was like, is this a Italian scrambler thing? Because I know on the mm. on the Ducati scrambler, it dates back to um, you know, the original Ducati scramblers had those yeah, really yeah. swooped up um handlebars. But yeah. anyway, the the upshot is like you get this really comfortable riding position and Again, yeah. when I was reviewing it, I said, it's like all the benefits of a cruiser riding position, but without yeah. the stupid foot pegs at the front, you know? <laughs> you get some good leverage as well, isn't it? Especially if you're on totally. that kind of terrain where you're not really 100% sure and you might need to kind of whip it back. It's like when we were out in the uh, the Norton and that was mm. like the actual the steering lock that you had available to you on that was not, not that big so if it did start to skip out you're like i can't i don't reckon i'll get this back whereas a scrambler you sort of can yeah yeah it's a really good fun little bike it looks mm. epic as well have i you've seen it or not oh uh, no i haven't seen it in the flesh no but um yeah no it's it's cool it's really cool looking what's it sort of um what's it similar to in their range again what's the other one that's so they've got three bikes on this platform so they've got the xscape 650 adventure bike which Looks kind of like an Africa twin, a baby yeah, one. Okay. Yes. Red and black. And um, that's all right. I, b- I borrowed that last year. Did a bit of riding on that. I quite liked it. I wouldn't say it's like a proper off-road adventure bike. It's it's just no. like a little middleweight. You know, really good value for money. Then you've got this Scrambler and then you've got the STR. So the, the same Etsos, you get the SCR and STR, yeah. Street or Scrambler. Right. Uh, why, yeah. What were we talking about last week when we're like, motorcycles that have names that are too similar and you can't really oh, differentiate triumph. them. It's still the, X- the triumph, of course. XCXE for the uh, 1200. Man, honestly, yeah. STR and SCR. <laughs> Just yeah. do something a bit more different, please. But yeah. um, 
It's yeah, it's the one that I choose out of the two. The STR gets like a 17 inch front wheel and it's a little bit more road yeah. biased. Whereas this, I think is more distinctive in the styling. It's not like yeah. a classic triumph scrambler or something like that, mm-hmm. where it looks kind of timeless. It's got a bit yeah. of modern to it, like led lighting, a little bit Husqvarna vibes. Yeah. I like the, what color have you got? Have you got the green as well? Cause that's kind of khaki um, green, mate. Yeah, nice yeah. looking. I like that. Yeah. Any scrambler or adventure bike, in my opinion, or most of them anyway, are improved mm. by being in khaki green. Like the Tenere <laughs> 700 is in khaki green this year and it looks great. Yeah. But yeah, and then it, it does have some of the classic stuff like the paint color, tuck and roll seat, spoke wheels, mm. you know, round headlight, that sort of vibe. So they've done their own thing. But yeah, it's 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 fun. Like it's really fun. It's just that the engine is maybe not the most um visceral experience. You right. know, it's not super powerful and it's yeah, derived yeah. from an old Kawasaki design, like the ER five or ER six or something. So Yeah, it plods on. It's not particularly yeah, exciting. It doesn't sound great. It doesn't yeah, yeah. Mate, honestly, price wise, six nine nine nine. Yeah, you can't complain. There aren't many bikes that look as cool for that money. In fact, there aren't many scramblers at that price. The only the only thing I was thinking actually is that Enfield keeps saying, Oh, we've got like seven bikes in the works for next year, or like yeah. ten bikes in the works, or you know, they're already yes. being designed and all this kind of thing. And it's like, when will they put out a six hundred fifty twin scrambler? Like that's just gotta yeah. happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, the interceptor is such a great seller. Just stick yeah. some knobblies on it, lads. You it's know? it's mental because we've. I mean, you've probably seen the same one, right? That they've. Uh, I think it's Malay did um, yes. a scrambler version of it, right? And it looks it looks brilliant. It really it does. does look good, and probably actually rides. Like you say, we like a scrambler sort of setup because, mm. uh, yeah, realistically, are most scramblers going to go off road? No, but it gives you a little bit more ease of use on road. I think. Um, yeah. it's just, they have a, a scrap, the name's kind of, um, secondary to it. You know, it's just, it's irrelevant to the actual total package. Um, they should be called something else ideally, but yeah, the idea of a scrambler is that you've got higher bars, more comfortable position, more leverage. It's just, um, yeah, I would say a, my sort of preference when it comes to retro bikes for sure. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree. Uh, I always thought that when I had the street twin, I kind of thought I should have bought a street scrambler, scrambler. just for a bit more versatility. Yeah. And I like the vibe, but, um, yeah. overall I'd say I'm impressed if you're after style points, the only thing is as well, like on top of that potential Enfield idea, hmm. which I assume will happen at some point, it just seems like a no brainer, but, yeah. um, is that a six nine nine nine? You can also get something like, um, MTO seven or the new Hornet, and they're a bit more spicy to ride. So if you're someone who's going for like performance and you want to go yeah. fast, like probably mm. it's not the one. It's a little bit heavy mm. as well. It's like 200 kilograms dry, which is like more than the MT-07 is wet weight. So, but if you want something stylish and scrambler mm. looking mm. with a comfy riding position, and it's got loads of mm. tech as well. It's got a big TFT screen, which is really good. Then like 6999 does seem very good indeed in fact i only thought just now the only thing that might compete with it a little bit is the um the new honda cl500 scrambler that's sort of based on the rebel 500 which i'm going to review at the end of march that's a good point yeah it definitely feels like a smaller bike and it doesn't have all the tech and stuff so there is something some benefit to your motor marini being built in china you know you get a lot of features it's true yeah and like you say with the style at the minute at least it stands apart from some others although obviously there is i guess some more competition coming but yeah if you wanted that capacity and that sort of price and that style of bike you're looking at things 
like from Kawasaki or from Honda that are just more modern looking. And I don't know, they're kind of, they're kind of, they just blend in. There's nothing particularly characterful about the look of those bikes either. I'm thinking like the CB 500X, is it? Is that's their sort of semi off road? Yeah. Yeah. And that's very modern looking and doesn't really, yeah, it's just, there's nothing to the style of it. Unlike this one in green. Very nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know what you mean about the CB 500X. It looks all right in, Mm. that comes in khaki <laughs> green as well <laughs> and that looks quite good to me that's the one that's i reviewed cool. last year but again it, yeah it's very similar in price but yeah very impressed with the marini i'll post the full review i've captured some riding footage that'll go on the motorbob vlogs other channel as well mm-hmm. um yeah so keep your eyes peeled if you're interested in retro stuff which most of my audience tend to be mm-hmm. and um the other bike that I'm really looking forward to reviewing soon is the Honda Transel. The reason I bring it up now yes. is because there is a bit of news around it, which is that in the last podcast episode, we were saying it's kind of frustrating when manufacturers don't give you the price at launch, because how can you sort of judge whether it's good value yeah. or not, or a decent yeah. proposition versus the competition without the price? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. they just announced it, and it does look like a decent proposition versus the competition. Uh, <laughs> £9,499 for that bike, um, mm. which I don't know how they're doing it at the moment at Honda. The, the Hornet's super cheap, shares the same platform and engine. 6999 for a 90-odd horsepower bike or 90-ish with loads of tech and stuff, engine braking control and custom riding modes and TC and wheelie control and all that sort of thing. Self-canceling indicators, all those little touches that make something feel yeah, yeah. premium. And again, I feel like with the trans out, 9499, that is quite something, mate, I think. I don't know what else you'd consider at that price point. I was going to ask you, what's, what's uh, that playing alongside in terms of price, at least? Well, it used to be the Tenere 700, right? Uh, mm-hmm. that, obviously, that's the benchmark in terms of, um, you know, off-road performance. I think it's quite a good-looking bike as well. And you've got that engine, like we're saying about the MT-07 having a great engine. It's got the same engine. So I would say, you know, you've got to consider that as a direct competitor. But that bike has crept up over the years. It started at about eight grand three mm-hmm. or four years ago or two or three years ago. Now it's... 10,100. So I don't know. You've got to really want a Tenere, yeah. I think. And I'm really like, it's going to excel off road. So you've got to be an yeah. adventure bike rider who's going to actually off road it to warrant that extra 600 quid, given you're getting a yes. few less techie features as well. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it's the, I guess what it can dine out on is its reputation, right? The Tenere, because that's why it's been able to sort of push the price. I feel like that's part, I feel like that's a lot of the reason they've pushed that price up as well. Um, it's just because they're, them, getting up to the point where they know any more and people will start looking elsewhere, shopping elsewhere. That mm. reputation only gets you so far as far as price goes, because there are other options. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you start boosting it too far, then you end up getting towards like a, an Africa twin and, you know, bigger bikes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. All right. It will handle off road, but of the people that are going to buy it, what percentage of them are actually going to go and, you know, do some fancy tricks and things off road and actually jump it or do it, you know, use it, um do it justice so yeah, yeah I, I think i mean that's a nice price it is yeah. it's purely hypothetical for myself as well but yeah it's uh yeah nice price nice looking bike as well is it so it being the sort of the size of engine and capacity that's yeah like you say similar to the the hornet the other bikes that you have to compare it to as well would be the well the suzuki the new v-strom 800 de but again that's coming mm. in at ten and a half grand 
it's got a bit more like fuel capacity and traveling the suspension, but mm. uh, it's a bit less powerful and a couple fewer techie features. So yeah. to undercut that by a grand is pretty decent. To undercut Suzuki in general is quite impressive. Yeah. They, they, they usually are pretty uh, affordable, to put it bluntly. Yes. Then there's the uh, KTM 790 Adventure. So previously we had the 790 Adventure. Then they bought it out and made it the 890 adventure you know a bit more power and more features and tech over the years yeah and then now they're partnering with cf moto and building some of their models in china as opposed to austria one of those is a new 790 adventure 790 duke so you've got these chinese Mm -hmm. versions and then you've got the more premium austrian built equivalents titled the 890 adventure and duke now that 790 adventure i mean it gets the same visual update for 2023 so it looks you know similar to the full fat premium version mm-hmm. uh, that's <laughs> 9999 so mm-hmm. that's a really i mean that is for me one of the best uh yeah you know adventure bikes to ride i, I don't think it, yeah, i yeah. love the looks but um mm-hmm. it looks better this year with a bit of extra fairing but like yeah. it, it's just that whether that chinese build is good enough uh in the long run See, that's but, the question and if the people buying them are are fully aware of that as well because your general consumer might not know where their bike is made right but some people if you're more into the brand you might know that it's made there and go nah sack that i'm getting the 890 instead yeah for sure it's very tempting uh mm. just to trade up but then you, i don't know what it's difficult one mate because i think we'll only find out as to whether they're good or not a few months or a year or two down the line when we see uh, how reliable they are. But I think the really difficult one to overlook is the Aprilia Touareg 660. Again, reliability questions, perhaps. I don't know enough about it. I'd have to read into it. But I reviewed it recently, and it's a brilliant bike. I'd love to off-road it more. But the thing is with Aprilia's, mate, the 660s, they're always discounted massively. So this is meant to Mm. RRP at about 10 and a half grand or uh, 11 for the fanciest paint job or whatever. Uh, it's called actually Martian red is the, the base color or acid yeah. gold, but the, um, you know, you can get it in like a red, white and blue. Yes. It's called Indaco Taggle must that color. I don't know what that's it probably, just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's some kind of racing heritage kind of name. I don't know. I'm not going to okay. slag it off, but yeah, <laughs> it doesn't quite. Anyway, the, the, the basic, um, finishes there. I mean, you find those easily, uh, like Colchester Kawasaki, for example, just mm. on the website, 8999 plus on the road fees, but like still, mate, that is a heck of a deal. So I think that's Impressive, the one yeah. that maybe looks the most tempting to me, but still without any mm. discounts or anything and including on the road, I think Honda's prices. So probably about equivalent. It, it does mm-hmm. look pretty good. So I'm, I'm looking forward to riding that. And yeah. They've done it again on price, I think. Yeah. And the thing with Honda as well is, and some people like that, some people are probably bored by it, but it's, they are reliable. It's a, it's a safe brand, isn't it? If you're buying it, you're not really going to get that many surprises. Hopefully not. I mean, it's a new engine, isn't it? So um, there's yeah. no previous as to you know how it's going to perform, but they know a thing or two about making yeah. parallel twins. In fact, you'd be surprised, wouldn't you, if they brought an engine out and it was a flop or it you know, had some totally. major flaw. You know, the Africa Twin has been parallel twin powered, the, the 500s as well, for many years. And yeah, yeah. You'd be surprised if they massively messed it up. But it had me <laughs> thinking this nine and a half grand uh, Transalp, mm. would that tempt you from your, because you're a, an Africa Twin owner, proud, yeah. I would say, proud Africa Very Twin proud, owner. Yeah. 
top yeah. box, you know, dad vibes, yeah. get your waterproof yeah. trousers on. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, the accoutrement. I, I say that as a fellow adventure bike. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're not doing the same. I am. Um, um, but yeah, I think, what do you say? You paid about seven for yours. Yes. So when I was looking, I think they hover around sort of seven, seven and a half. What kind of miles are we talking? Uh, that is, you know, between 20 and 30. So broken in, let's say, for a, for an Africa twin. But um, Barely, yeah. yeah. They'll go on for ages. No, exactly. So yeah, no, I think you're, you're doing okay. I mean, you can get one. It really depends. The only thing with the Africa twin uh, that you have to sort of hunt around for is a manual gearbox if that's what you want because mm. quite a lot of the ones that I was finding and probably is still the case are DCT mm. and which is fine and it rides well obviously both of us have ridden that and enjoyed it but I wanted for various different reasons the manual it's not a real bike so. is it mate <laughs> exactly unless you're changing gears yourself it just doesn't <laughs> count so I did hunt around for the for the manual um but no they were sitting around sort of seven and a half eight thousand if you get the 1100 which has a few extra nice features like cruise control and things like that then um you're talking eight to nine that sort of figure so yeah realistically you could get a very good Africa twin for nine and a half thousand pounds that's always going to be the question I think with a lot of bikes do you go for something that's a few years old and second hand for the same price as something that's brand spanking new would you though would I go for the used Trans-Alp. Africa twin or a new Transalp <sighs> me personally I'd go for the Africa twin I just would why I don't even know why I think just because it's the big boy, because it's the one you yeah, turn yeah. up at. If you like, if you're if your dad biking it, you want to turn up on the one that's arguably not as good off road. You know what I mean? Like you turn up on the on the big bike. It's like the GS owners and stuff like that. You know mm. the the big GSs when they're turning up. Most of them then won't go off road either, even though they sort of could. It's not the tool to use. You don't use the bigger bike it's to the do status. it. That's why the yeah, it's just, there is a status to it, and also they are slightly more comfortable if you're doing touring and long distance stuff as well, because they've just got more kind of insulation on them. If you like, they're heavier, so they just sort of plow through the road a little bit easier. They hold speed a bit easier and stuff like that. So uh, I would still go for the big boy. So I would go for a second hand one. Are the looks a factor as well? Yeah, probably. Actually, is that part of the bigness, I, I would say. Yeah, I would say so. I I like the look of this because it is kind of a it's almost like a baby Africa twin. It's got the single light, hasn't it, on the front? So the, there are some differences there. They nicked that off the um, CB500X that yeah, you just mentioned, exactly. the headlights. So that's a bit yeah. of a shame. But otherwise, it is it a good-looking bike. But then if they did, I don't know whether they should do the Africa twin dual lights, um, like superhero mask look on the front of it. I'm not sure. Because, I mean, the tail section looks pretty much nigh on the same as an Africa twin. So yep. if you sort of look at it from the the middle back, it looks like an Africa twin. And then, you know, from the front, obviously it looks more like the CB500. This is an interesting question, you know, because this, um, the engine's different in nature, right? Like it revs more and it's obviously smaller capacity. Whereas that big yeah. uh, Africa twin, parallel mm. twin is more talky and mid-rangey. And uh, so, yeah, there's def- definite difference in in personality from what i've experienced so far of riding the hornet and the africa twin plenty um but if you look at the headline peak power figures i think there's not that much in it is there it's like 91 or something or 90 for the trans alp and then it's Mm -hmm. 105 is it the 
Africa. Uh, uh, mine isn't. Is it even I think that much? You, no, mine isn't. I think the eleven hundred might be. I think the eleven hundred's over a hundred, but mine is mine's ninety something. I think exactly. So this is what I'm saying. There's not a huge difference between it. No. And so if you then gave it the looks of the Africa Twin with the actually nice to look at dual headlights, yeah. Would it be too close and have they therefore point. made the style in a little bit? Yeah, it's 100 horses for the 1100 now. Yeah, yeah. So like they've had to differentiate them a little bit, I think. It's a good point. No, that is, yeah, that probably is fair to say. Yeah, because otherwise do you devalue your um, flagship? It's got to be a bit of a step there. And if it's not yeah. in the peak power, then it's got to be the headlights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, fair enough then. But yeah, so for that reason and that reason alone, for as as is so often the case for vanity yes i'll uh, i'll go for the africa twin interestingly we were talking about um you know enfield and aprilia there i've been looking a little bit about the uk sales figures because they obviously take a few weeks for each um, month of data to come in um mm. but the fact that we've now got december's sales data for last year means that you can get mm. a full picture of 2022 and so you can see the best-selling bikes um, in the UK of the year. I don't know if you've clicked on the link that I'll put in the podcast notes yet, but I wondered if you could take a stab at what you think is amongst the top 10, if you haven't already looked. I haven't already looked. So what's the Great. top 10 bike <laughs> Top ten bikes sold this, uh, this month? Yeah, and there's three main categories <laughs> within here. One is a genre of bike, which is no surprise mm-hmm. that it's amongst the top sellers. Number two is a, a manufacturer that's quite frequent there and then number three is a model that is quite frequent there as well okay that's tough uh, to get your head around uh, <laughs> a little bit yeah i'm gonna end up looking like a plank here but i'm gonna say is it scooters are they the top yeah, that's the genre bikes? well done mate sure, yeah, I think genre i mean the, i'll take that at least if the other two are wrong then i'm happy with one win so yeah like the 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 best seller in the country is honda's pcx 125 and it sells 4,000 scooters a year second best is honda cbf 125 sure. so uh, that's actually um a, a proper bike not a scooter yeah um, and then the Honda Vision 110, that's number three. I mean, this just goes to show how much Honda dominates. Uh, number four, NMAX 125 Yamaha scooter. Yeah. And I think there's another scoot in there somewhere. And this, uh, yeah, the Honda SH125, which is like a big wheel scooter. Now, I think this is yeah. the sort of delivery market, you know, mm. and commuting on these little scooters that's driving a lot of those sales. Yeah. Um, so people taking up you know, Deliveroo and Uber Eats and stuff like that, probably buying yeah. up some of those. Uh, so well done. Actually, you've got one out of three there. There was a manufacturer that's common and a model. Manufacturer that's common. And we're not uh, in the rest. We, we'll take out the scooters. Now we're into the actual motorbikes. Uh, actual motorbikes. I'm going to say Yamaha. No. I guess. Oh, Royal uh, Enfield. Yes, mate. Yes. Oh, good. Oh, that's good. I'm happy with that. <laughs> so, uh, in 10th place, the Interceptor 650, still going strong. They sold nearly oh, yeah. 1,100 bikes last year. Yeah. Uh, the Classic 350, you know, sort of the, the new 350 that you've got the Hunter, yes. you've got the uh, Meteor, and you've got the Classic, mm-hmm. which is the most chromed up one. Uh, mm-hmm. That was in ninth place, the Classic, at 1,145. Mm-hmm. And then the Meteor 350 is in sixth with 1500 sold. So, uh, quite impressive numbers. And I will yeah. say that I would expect another excellent, you know, year for, um, Royal Enfield in 2023 because of the launch of the, uh, Super Meteor 650, which we just talked about, yeah. uh, in the last episode. Now mm. the 650s have always been really popular. This, um, Interceptor and the Continental 
GT cafe racer yeah. style bike. The Interceptor though, mm. it has broader appeal because you have a easier going riding position. So that's been the one that sells really well, but it feels yeah. like given there's not that much competition for affordable cruiser uh, classic style bikes that the Super Meteor presumably is going to sell a lot this year. And then the 350s have both sold really well. Um, but we've got the Hunter now, which came out at the end of last year. So it's got yeah. a whole year now to rack up sales. And I presume that, again, because it's at that neutral um, retro style that's just like an all-rounder, it's going to have broad appeal. I, yeah, i got to say, haven't ridden it. It's a good, I like that. That's a really, I don't think it will ever sit in my garage, but it. I can, it's such a sensible, like clever exercise in design, that one, because I can see the audience for it. Yeah. immediately great and little city bike yeah it's perfect for it and to the point where you know if i did have multiple bikes and i just wanted something to zip around that's the sort of thing i genuinely would consider because you don't really care about the performance of a bike when all you're doing is commuting on it it's got to be economical yeah uh, cheap to buy yeah not that nickable and yeah uh but also still look cool and it and looks exactly yeah and it ticks all of those things and you can you can tweak it and customize it and you know make a little uh easy to ride sort of sunday rider definitely and the, and the reason it's not that nickable in my opinion i mean any motorcycle in london let's say there's potential for it to be nicked if yeah, you don't have any security but i just don't think that a teenage you know bike thief is really going to go after <laughs> like a 20 horsepower <laughs> like no. four thousand pound um no. retro not unless just... they mistake it for a triumph or something i know it's not happening is but it? even then <laughs> I, I reckon my um my street twin for example it, it's not a prime target that sort of bike no. unless you unless you make it too good an offer i think they're more I so guess, looking yeah. for the sports bikes yeah. and nakeds yeah. and ktms and things like that they're a bit of sexy and then also oh i stopped there because we're getting onto the model so we got um Genre scooters, manufacturer that's yeah. most common after Honda scooters is yeah. Enfield. And then yeah. you've got uh, the model that is like the best seller in the UK. Not not the best seller, but the best selling big bike in the UK. Best selling big bike in the UK. And we're not talking Honda or Royal Enfield, or are they still back in play? Nah, they're out of the equation oh, now. They're out of the loop. It's uh, so obvious. <laughs> what do I see? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, what do I thought I this was the one of? you'd get. You've done really oh, well really? so far. Yeah. All right. Uh, MC07. No. I don't know. I'm not even going to try and guess. That's a tough one, mate. Do you want a clue? I mean... Give me a clue. Give me a clue. Well... Oh, it's so hard to give you a clue and not completely give it away. Not give it away. Yeah. Let me try and think abstractly here about how I can give you a clue. <laughs> Surely just the brand is enough for me to... Well, yeah. I feel like that's definitely... Then I'd get it. You. I'd definitely... Yeah, okay. Uh... The brand starts with B and ends in W. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> Is it a GS? Yeah, mate. Is it well really? Done. Yeah. Mate, that's... That's a pricey, fair enough. I mean, yeah, fair news. So this is, you've hit the nail on the head there. That's what I was going to flag up about that. I mean, this is yeah. the same story every year. The best selling two bikes, the, the best selling large capacity bike on the market in the UK. And the same for like Germany and stuff like that is the GS Adventure, you know, the big tank, sure. spoke wheels, slightly taller. And then second to that is um, the regular GS. In fact, the only mm. other bike in the list that's bigger than a couple of hundred cc's is the... Um, the Meteor 350 sits between them, but there's no bikes above 500cc that sell more. Mm -hmm. But like you say, you know, you're looking at probably 
starting. I mean, I think you can get a, a GS for less than 15 grand brand new, but mm-hmm. it is yeah. very basic in spec. And as soon as you start adding stuff, it goes mm-hmm. up and up to like probably for a GS adventure, fully tricked out with all the bits and bobs. Yeah. Maybe 25 or something or nudging 30. I'd love to see what you can, you know, rack up in there. Yeah. And so that's the <laughs> that's thing that is one. mind blowing. I mean, let's say conservatively you yeah. averaged 15 grand for, um, for those GSs. And then sure. you averaged 20 grand for the GS adventure. Maybe yeah. that, I don't know if that's pushing it a bit. Maybe I'd say 18, but yeah, go on. 18, given what everyone fits them out with. And then you add those two together. Um, this is the hardest question. <laughs> oh, come on. I don't even know the numbers. Go on. You're going to ask me how much that makes for BMW, yeah? Uh, yeah, to the closest million. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. And this is just the UK? Just the UK, closest million. Oh, it's got to be high then, hasn't it? So I'm going to say 50, 50 million. Are you serious, mate? Is 53 that, and a half. Have I lowballed it? Or have, no, oh, 53 really? and a half. <laughs> hey! Did you actually have a calculator there? <laughs> no, not at all. No, that was just the most generic number I could... I mean, 50 is a pretty obvious number. Wow, I thought I was going to be... I didn't know where I was going to be with that, to be honest. I could have been highballing it, lowballing it. That's... Uh, that's remarkably yeah. accurate. I mean, obviously, I said to the nearest million. That's going to give you a little bit. And I didn't say to the nearest 10 or 100 millions. But that's true. I don't want to detract too much from your achievement there, mate. That was <laughs> yeah, very yeah, it's impressive. Not, not taking away my trophy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, it does surprise me, though. I mean, why would you think? What would you cite that as for people choosing the GS? Do you reckon it's the long way round, long way down sort of audience? Has it still got that kind of reputation or... They just see their friends with them, or is it like a trade-up thing where they've got one, and then every two years BMW get them back in for a new model? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think everybody that I've met that rides one loves it and says it's the ultimate do-it-all. You know, um, all-rounder can go fast, can talk, can go off-road. You know, yeah. it is everything that an adventure bike should be. Potentially that as well, but I think also you know we're talking about how Yamaha have jacked up the price of the Tenere because the reputation is great, probably just certain bikes have a certain, you know, aura around them and, and it, and it lasts for a long time and, and it is good anyway. I mean, it's a good bike, but like you say, it's a lot of money, but mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, I was thinking about the Tenere, you know, all the Paul Tara's, um, sort of trials videos. And I think that mm-hmm. has really helped the Tenere get this image of like an amazing off-roader. Plus people say in the reviews, mm-hmm. it's great off-road, but yeah, it's helped by those kind of extreme off-road stunt type videos. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe you're right with the GS. It is, from what I gather, it did start with the long way round stuff. Yes. Um, but like maybe that ignites the reputation and then it builds over the years. And then, yeah, Mm. I don't know, but I think you have to just also say like, it is excellent. And I hear as well that the customer service kind of experience at BMW dealers is really good because they've got that sort of, Mm. um, a sort of side business of the car dealers or quite often that's the case. So you've got that kind of like intense level of, uh, premium automotive customer service. Yep. Whereas if you go to like a bike only brand, maybe they just don't have that high standard of knowing how to treat people when they walk through yeah, the door. Yeah, I know what you mean. Some some of them definitely. And yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, there is a, it is a kind of step above, I suppose, because there is more money. I'm, I mean, unless I'm completely wrong, more money in uh, the automotive trade than say bikes. You'd imagine so. So maybe. if you can pin it to a, a car dealership and bike dealership, then yeah, you've got, it ups the quality, I suppose, of your product just by being next to it. 
And also, if the bikes are that expensive, then you know you're going to look after the You'd people hope so. that are coming in. Yeah, you would hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah, no, nice. I mean, I get it. It is a fun. T- the, it's nice that at least it is a good bike. It's not just it's got a reputation and it's actually like crap, and we all know it's crap. It's um, mm. it's a fantastic bike, and that's all I ever hear about it. Anyway, it's well deserved. <laughs> no qualms. <laughs> yeah, take it. <laughs> that's interesting. That you're now the um, the gatekeeper. I would say for this list, it's not just pure numbers. You need the yeah the Tim my rubber stamp in order yeah. to appear. The only thing I think the GS does need in the next like year or two is the sort of radar tech. You know, it doesn't have like a front facing radar for adaptive mm. cruise control and it doesn't have the blind spot warnings. Whereas like the Multistrada V4, you've got rear facing yeah. radar for, well, it's got both actually. The KTM mm. has got KTM, um, yeah. front facing radar for adaptive cruise. The Triumph 1200 doesn't have the uh, adaptive cruise but it does have the rear facing blind spot warnings yeah uh, it feels like that's a gap in its capabilities although there yeah. are other bmws like the rt and the um r18 big bikes that that you know they have that technology they just don't put it in the in the gs yet so hopefully that's uh, uh coming soon but a product has graced my desk not well sorry my inbox let's say it's not graced my desk okay. yet but I thought we'd have a quick chat about it because it does look extremely interesting. And it's called the Third Eye from a company called Inov. They typically make dash cams for bikes. Mm-hmm. So you can install like a front and rear facing uh, camera and then wire it into the bike's battery and it's constantly recording. Mm-hmm. So if you have an accident or whatever, then you've got footage. So that can help you with any court issues or legalities. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, uh, you know, they're great products. They come with like... um a microphone and a GPS uh, unit and a remote that goes on your bars. So they, they definitely know what they're doing there. But this product, the third eye is a rear facing radar that then you can hook up to. Well, I think there's a couple of different incarnations of how it warns you, but one is like a little watch face that goes on your dash mm-hmm. uh, and it will tell you if anyone's in your blind spot or you can put something onto the mirrors as well. Um, they'll f- flash basically uh, incredible, right? That like, you would assume that this has to be built into the bike at the factory, but mm. I think it's quite exciting to see that this technology, although it's never going to be plugged in, I assume plugged into the cruise control system because that's like so ingrained in the bike to be able yeah. to get the blind spot warnings, I think is quite interesting. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it depends how it sort of integrates and how it looks. Um, I would be curious. Does it look like it is uh, like, does it look like a kind of bolt on part? that's incongruous to the rest of your bike or is it something that blends in quite nicely it looks like a i don't know how would you describe that size it's smaller than a digestive biscuit i think (laughs) might be sort of good good descriptive term yeah jaffa cake diameter (laughs) or what is that for our international (laughs) audience i think most of our viewers are in the uk or listeners rather but for the us it's probably oreo like a ginger nut oreo oreo yes ginger nut that is the most british of biscuits (laughs) no it's very international is Uh, it yeah like no it's not uh like oreo size yeah that's very international everyone knows i think it's about that size in diameter and that's the radar on the back and then the Mm. the um what do you call them the actual like indicator type things are they yeah i think it's just um like an led that you can put on your uh mirrors or like i say there's a similar jaffa cake sized 
device that goes on you can just adhere oh, the it. clock face you're saying yes yeah and, and it's just yeah. a little um diagram of the bike with a car either side and one will light up but I'm i think the you. reason they did the mirrors is because you're normally looking at your mirrors when you're of course you are. To move, so. and based on like our, our both of our experience taking out the triumph tiger 1200 we both i think we both said that it was one of those gimmicks where you go, oh, don't figure I'm going to use that. Like, I'm not going to miss it. And then you get on, it was the Explorer, isn't it, that's got it in there as standard. And then you go back to one of the ones that doesn't have it because we had both on the day. And you, mm. find yourself, you find yourself looking for it because you're like, oh, uh, yeah, I actually did quite like that. It's amazing how quickly you become yes. not reliant upon it, but you start to really appreciate it. And I really did like that. When you see a car, it's, it's for your blind spot, isn't it? Essentially, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. That's yeah, the only right reason you need it. And, and look, you only need one experience where you go. I think it's clear. I'm just about to go, and you yeah. might have still seen whatever was coming up, but it's that yeah. extra aid where it just says, like, actually, there's something there, and you yeah. double. You, I mean, it's no replacement for good riding. You should always be no, shoulder checking and all those things. But as an extra little guide. Yes. Uh, I think it's a great feature. Now, they've priced it at just under 300 quid. It, oh, sorry, mm. $300. So 298 I think it says, at the moment on the website. It's not out yet. Okay. But mm. when it does come in, it feels like quite an accessible price. And I think, you know, the only thing that I would think about fitting it is exactly as you said, which is, does it make my bike look a bit cluttered or unclean? Yes. I think if you're riding like um, Panagali or a custom Harley. You're probably yeah. not going to put it on there, but I think no. for the dad bikers like yourself and it's, myself. Yeah. It's made for the adventure bike for sure. Cause you don't really notice it's a couple of stuff anyway. On exactly. Yes. Yeah, so it sort of blends in. No, that makes complete sense. I agree. When you've got like a Panagale where every square millimeter of that thing is designed to within an inch of its life. Yeah. Like every different line has been considered to add your own lines on top of that is, <laughs> is sacrilegious almost. Put a top box on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see a Panigale with a top box. So yeah, it's, uh, it makes sense. It's, um, I agree with you in terms of like, you don't, it, it's not a replacement for good riding, obviously, but the way that I used it was I wouldn't even bother looking until that light was off. So the yeah. light's on to say there's something there. And I'm like, cool, I'm not going to bother looking to overtake until that light was off. And then I do my, my lifesaver check and look over my shoulder. Um, but yeah, it was, I was amazed how quickly that just became my norm riding. Mm. And, yeah. and I, like I say, it was obvious that that wasn't the case because when I went back on the bike without it, I was like, oh yeah, I missed that. So I'd like that. 300 pounds. Well, it's one to keep an eye out for. And it just feels like a significant development in terms of some of those rider aids, like moving away from being manufacturer only. And, you know, quite often you have to pay for the sort of like a 2000 pound touring package to get some of these features. So it's nice to see yeah. there's some competition there to keep the manufacturers honest. And I'll round this True. off by saying that if you do go to VenturaLuggage.com, you can buy a rear rack <laughs> and top bag for the Panigale. <laughs> oh my God, excellent. So you're saying that I could use a Panigale as a dad bike? You potentially could, right, well, and I'm, I'm going to send you a, a picture very so different you can year. fully appreciate it in all its glory. And um, we'll probably have to leave it there. Where, where <laughs> yeah. You think we peaked? That's a good point. Yeah, that is a peak, yeah. What have you got coming up? Uh, same old. It's still riding. My next trip, obviously, is the CF Moto. So mine is going to be a lot of uh, recording for Urban Rider this week. Lovely stuff. Any nice gear? Uh, always. We've actually got a load of samples in, actually. 
Oh, and you'd like it. Are you, you're wearing it, in fact. Pandamoto. Yeah. Um, so we've got loads of their samples in. And I have to say, they are killing it at the minute in terms of clothing. Jeans or have they got leathers and stuff? It's a mix. We've got leather, leather trousers, which is the first time I've tried those on. Well, actually, not the first time I've tried those on. First time I've tried one on and gone, yeah, I could wear these. I won't wear them because it's it's too much. He will. But, uh, <laughs> but um <laughs> Yeah, it's uh yeah, quite like them. But no, their jeans, they've got some like um cargo trousers and stuff like that and all of those look good. We've got a few new helmets, we've got one from HJC, their sort of retro um offering, which nice. looks really cool. I do like their stuff. So yeah, some really nice stuff actually. All right, keep your eyes peeled then on the old Urban Rider YouTube channel for some shots of Tim in some leather trousers. <laughs> leather so trousers. That, that's gotta go up, hasn't it? Any I will be wearing them, yeah. In that video? Uh, I, I mean, on the day, but I don't think we actually captured those, sadly, no. That is a shame. Uh, could have lent you a 360 camera and sort of taped it onto oh. your leg or something. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, now I've got the Motor Marini's going back this week. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to head up to Superbike Factory because they've actually got a couple of RS660s in. You know the Aprilias? Yes. I've never managed to review one. MCN's Bike of the Year, like... Not mm. last year, maybe the year before, but never mm. managed to get hold of one from dealers because they've just not been able to get the like anything that they get. They just sell yeah. um, because they're in such short supply. So they never really had a demo. Never managed to get one from Aprilia head office, mm. although I only just started trying recently. But then, yeah, I was walking around Superbike Factory where you expect to see old bikes. And I was like, whoa. They've got two in. So I think people mm-hmm. have just traded them um, before the winter. So that's the great thing about going there is sometimes you get surprised. Mm. And then next week it's the Diavel V4. So yeah, we're off to Abu Dhabi. I think I said mm. Dubai in the last episode, but it's actually Abu Dhabi. But they're okay. only about an hour apart. So it's fair enough, I think. But Close enough. The, the road we're riding is meant to be the world's best driving road. It's uh, artificially built. like Yeah, it was engineered that way, wasn't it? Yeah. So oh, looking forward to that very much. That bike is going to be incredible as well. So yeah, uh, yeah, lots of good stuff coming up. Keep your eyes peeled. Also head to the Full Tank Motorcycle Podcast Facebook group. If you're not a member already, that's a private group, but we are absolutely indiscriminate we did once kick someone out didn't we for spamming yes so far only one i mean don't try and be the second but yeah we made an so example far. of him didn't we and then <laughs> it worked because we haven't had any more spam since then yeah uh, true but uh yeah do head there if you want to get stuck in in fact i might do a q a for the diavel v4 launch so we'll do questions in the facebook group and then i'll try and answer them in the next episode and uh yeah we'll, we'll try and get through them all so Many thanks for listening, everybody. We're loving doing this, aren't we, Tim? Back. Yeah. This is three episodes before the end of the first month and now, of mate, the year. It's That's more than we did in the entire of last year, I think. Definitely. <laughs> Good times, honestly. We'll catch you soon.